Welcome to the Transom Podcast, a monthly roundup of the new features on the transom.org website, providing mathematical puzzles, games, learning activities, and the ever-popular mathematics lesson starter of the day. Here's your host, John Tranter. Hello, and welcome to podcast number 42. Wow. Okay, I hope the uh, last month went well for you and uh, that you've managed to find what you need on the Transom website and are looking forward to the month of May. So let's start off with the puzzle of the month, which was inspired by my visit to London uh, last weekend, and I was lucky enough to see the London Marathon in glorious weather. Well, it was very nice weather for the spectators. I think it was a little too hot for the runners. But um, anyway, let's take a typical runner and... She runs the first half of the marathon at an average speed of five miles per hour. So the question is, what speed would she have to run the second half of the course to attain an average speed of 10 miles per hour for the whole race? Okay, so she runs the first half of the marathon at an average speed of five miles per hour. What speed would she have to run the second half if she wants to have an overall average for the whole race of 10 miles per hour? So at this point, I imagine what you're doing when you're listening to this podcast. And um, please let me know how you listen to this podcast. But um, I'll give you thinking time now while I run through the new items that were added to the Transom website last month. And the answer to the puzzle will be at the end of this podcast. The new addition to the website in April that I am most excited about is the transom version of the Royal Game of Ur. It's a very strange title for a game, but it's, uh, well, the transom version is called the Remainder Race. And Players have to get seven counters around a very traditionally shaped board, and the number of hops they can make is determined by the remainder left when the number on the square is divided by the chosen dice number. In addition to the numeracy skills required, there are some interesting strategies to be discovered. And uh, it's a game for two players, or, or you could have one player playing against the computer, In fact, when I wrote the code for the computer to play, occasionally the computer would beat me while I was testing the game, which was a little bit annoying, but there you go. I'm keen to see how well it works with you and your pupils, so please let me know. So, well, I actually wrote half of the code for the game on a a long-haul plane journey into London, and... um, As I was doing so, I made it my mission to visit the British Museum and photograph one of the two original game boards um, which date from before 2600 BC. And one of them is in the British Museum, Gallery 56. Um, And so it's probably one of the oldest board pieces of board gaming equipment ever found. So I was keen to see that and... uh, and photograph it for the website. So, um, well, here is my mission to find it as a sound-seeing tour. 
it is the most beautiful weather here in London. It's the weekend of the London Marathon. The sun is shining and I'm just walking now towards the British Museum to see if I can find the Royal Game of Ur. So I can just about see the front of the museum in the distance. One more road to cross and then we will be there. Bedford Square. So actually just crossing Bedford Square. Sort of a railed in park with some huge trees. So we've got crossing here. Right, I'm now through security and into the museum. Seems very quiet, no queues. And um, I'm looking for the information desk so I can ask about this item. Here we go. Excuse me, where's the information desk, please? Uh, in the great court there, just head to the far left corner. Thank you. In the great court, ah, the great court. Very impressive. Huge uh, dome constructed of triangles and uh, a few totem poles. Bookshop, of course. Lots of books on sale at the bookshop. Now I can see the information desk. Haha. And there are no queues there. Hello, where's the information desk, please? Just behind this Thank you. Right, the item I'm looking for is 120834. Uh, the game of Earth. Yes. Yes, it's going to be upstairs. Upstairs. Gallery 56. Do you need a, do you have a map with you? I don't have a map, no. If you just want to grab one over there and I'll mark it out for you. Okay. Right, grabbing a map from the pile. Are you leading a tour? No, I'm not leading a tour. Are you right with stairs or would you like a lift? Um, I'll take the stairs. What you can do, if you take either stairs around this dome, you can make your way all the way up. The game of Ur is literally going to be over here. Sold out. Yeah. Okay. You're going to get through the glass bridge. Right. So up these stairs, level three, like and number fifty-six. Excellent. Thank you. Right. Well, she seemed to know what I was talking about. The game of Ur. Oh, got caught in a tour group here. Well, there was a commentary in Japanese, I think. But I'm the only one now on this big, impressive staircase that winds its way around the big central edifice. I seem to have risen above the crowds here. No one else is up here, obviously. The game of Ur is not a very popular attraction today. Okay, another lot of stairs. It's a very nice building. And I must get a picture of the huge ceiling, the glass ceiling, with all the triangles. Very impressive. Okay, I'm starting to get out of breath. <laughs> Thank you.
Oh, there's a restaurant here. So we're going into the Raymond and Beverly Suckler Wing. Oh, a glass floor bridge. But I was stepping into nothing. Right, 56. Mesopotamia. Right. Lots of artifacts, jugs, tablets, but so far, no royal game of uh. Right, let's go into the other side. And I have found it. My goodness, there it is. How impressive is that? So there's the game board in the middle, and the tablet explaining the rules on one side, and on the other side, the counters and the tetrahedral dice. And it says, at least six graves in the Royal Cemetery contained a wooden game board inlaid with shell, red limestone, and lapis lazuli, whatever that is, for the game now known as the Royal Game of Ur. It is an early example of a game that was played all over the ancient Near East for about 3,000 years. So, there's a brief description of the game and the route and the counters. You can see other examples of this game in room 10, room 72 and 61. Okay, it's actually very difficult to photograph it because there are the windows in the ceiling that reflect in the glass top case so you have to sort of uh, take it at an angle but uh, very impressive there right so there are also other examples of the game in some other galleries maybe I'll go and find those yeah. I'm now in gallery 61, Egypt, Tomb Chapel of Nebamum. And uh, in this ancient Egyptian collection, there is um, another game board. It's an ivory senate board. So senate was a different name for the game of Ur, I believe. It's not exactly the same, but it's very similar and it has a drawer for storing the gaming pieces and they are glazed gaming pieces so that's the second example that I've seen now I'm heading to gallery 72 I'm now in gallery 72 and this is ancient Cyprus and um, I believe there's a copy of the game on the lid of a box somewhere around here so I think they said case number eight found it it's an ivory gaming box 1250 to 1050 BC this ivory gaming box was used to play a game similar to the Egyptian game of 20 squares board games on Cyprus were enjoyed by all classes and crossed cultural boundaries the box was buried with a wealthy inhabitant of a major training and manufacturing town near Enkomi in eastern Cyprus. The carving style is a mix of Canaanite, Egyptian, 
and Aegean motifs, showing the cosmopolitan nature of Cypriot society at this time. So, I'll take a photograph of this box. So, I'm a very happy person having found all of the things that I was looking for. I can now enjoy the rest of the museum at my leisure. Um, and what a museum it is as well. If you haven't been to the British Museum in London, it's certainly well worth a visit with lots to see for every taste. You are listening to the Transom Podcast. You can find Transom Mathematics at www.transom.org. And that's how I got the photographs which you can now see on the remainder race page on the Transom website. And all the links for the things I talk about in this podcast can be found at transom.org slash newsletter. Okay, so filling a gap in Transom's uh, English National Curriculum coverage, an online exercise called Furthermore has been created and added to the website. It provides practice for the skill of counting forwards or backwards in steps of powers of 10 for any given number up to a million. So that sort of filled a little gap that was there in the provision. Um, now another puzzle that's uh, caught my uh, imagination is called Nine Digits. It's an addition puzzle which makes it very accessible to even some of the younger pupils. Um, and it's been presented in eight levels of difficulty. So I've tried to make it so that uh, level eight is really quite challenging, whereas level one, as long as you can add numbers, single digit numbers together, you could quite easily figure out level one. And each level in between obviously is a, a little bit more difficult, leading up to a real challenge for level eight. So have a go at that. You can drag and drop the digits into place and have lots of chances to try again if you get it wrong. So, um, right at this moment, 78 trophies have been awarded by people completing various levels of the puzzle, but no one has yet succeeded in getting beyond level 6. So there's a challenge if I ever heard one. Have a go at 9 digits. Another puzzle that's been added to the website is called Cubicle Net Challenge. And your mission is to paint the faces of the 10 cubes, uh, which are each represented by their nets, and all the nets are different nets of cubes. Um, you have two colours, blue and red. And um, when you finish, no two cubes, once the nets have been made into cubes, no two cubes should look the same, no matter which way round they are viewed from. So that's a real good spatial awareness challenge and um, some practice using nets in a sort of a puzzle situation. The one that has, uh, the activity that has just been uploaded and just gone live as I'm recording this podcast is called Hex Block Hunter. It's an online game inspired by the, uh, the TV game from a number of years ago called Blockbusters if you are old enough to remember that. Um, so it's lots of uh, hexagons in a grid, and the two players um, compete to see who can form a line across the grid of uh, hexagons uh, first. So the um, 
to claim a hexagon, you have to work out the mathematical word. You're given the initial letter and a clue. And it sort of targets uh, key stage three, that's lower secondary or um, lower high school, I guess, mathematical vocabulary. Uh, so it works best with two players, or you could have two teams playing it in a classroom. But the rules can be adapted to create an individual learning activity. Uh, and I've just put a comment on the bottom of the page on how that can be done. So have a look at that. Hex Block Hunter. Finally, the privacy policy has been updated um, to specifically address the key features of the new European General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR for short. Um, which comes into effect later this month. And now, the answer to this month's puzzle. So, as I said, I was lucky enough to be in London at the time of the marathon, um, where I... Uh, well, this is sort of a, an old puzzle presented in many different formats, but I thought the London Marathon would be a good frame for this puzzle. Um, and in fact, the length of the London Marathon is 26.2 miles, but you didn't need to know that to answer the question. And the fact is that the time it would take to run any distance averaging 10 miles an hour would have been completely used up by running half that distance at 5 miles an hour. So only an infinite second half speed would suffice. So the answer is really it's impossible. You can't actually run the second half fast enough to get an average speed of 10 miles an hour. I wonder if you figure that out. Anyway, thanks as always to all of those who provide feedback, suggestions and ideas for the Transom websites. Uh, your messages are very much appreciated. That's all for this month. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Transom podcast. You can find the website at www.transom.org, where you're welcome to use all of the activities absolutely free, or jump in with both feet and become a Transom subscriber. 